Welcome to Quilting Business Success, the podcast where we interview quilters just like you who have turned their passion for quilting into a profitable long-arm quilting business. I'm your host, Andrew Weaver, and in each episode, we'll bring you stories of quilters who had the same doubts and fears that every quilter has when they think about pursuing their quilting dreams. But these quilters moved forward anyway, despite their fears, and today, you'll hear their stories. Okay, and we are we are on the air now. Um, we're going to give just a minute to uh, allow... Uh, allow people to get uh, logged on and uh, and uh, come on to to view us, but um, we do have uh, two uh, professional uh, quilters with us today, uh, Haley Fetters and Sherilyn Grubb. Uh, Sherilyn, you will be able to see in the uh, top of your screen, and uh, Haley is is the one on the bottom part. And uh, we're just going to kind of be going through and uh, interviewing them, asking them a few questions. This uh, podcast that we do is primarily geared towards people who uh, are either starting a business or thinking about starting a business uh, with uh, with their gamble. And uh, we've we've just had we found great uh, feedback from people uh, from this podcast. Just. Uh, just having real conversations with uh, with people who uh, who blazed the trail ahead of them. So uh, so with that, without any further ado, let's um, let I'm going to uh, give a chance to enter uh, to introduce uh, both of you. First of all, we will introduce ourselves. I'm Bobby Bobby Ware. I'm in uh, tech support here at Gamel. Uh, so I talk to the people when they need a little guidance, uh, something's not working right. And, uh, you know, they'll call and talk to me or one of us guys in tech support. And uh, Jaden, why don't you introduce yourself? My name is Jaden Wiley. I'm in Gamble Sales here at the home office. I was previously a member of tech support as well. So I had worked with Bobby and many others previously helping customers make sure their machines were running efficiently they were having the best experience possible. Now I get the chance to help make people's dreams of owning a gamble come true and helping them upgrade their current system to meet their needs. Very good. And uh, just really quick, uh, Sherilyn, uh, can you just give us a quick uh, kind of introduce yourself and uh, tell us, um, you know, uh, what you do, how long you've been doing this, uh, just for like a brief 30 seconds. Okay, I um, live in Neverson City, and I started on my gamel in 2015. I actually started long arming at 2013. I uh, worked for a little company here um, locally and got some experience and then decided I wanted to put for myself. So went with the gamel Statler, and last year I upgraded to the end, and um, I've been seeing in my business for well since 2015 and I uh, do a lot of edge to edge and custom. Very okay. good. Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, we're glad to have you here with us, Sherilyn. And uh and we've got Haley that we're fixing to go to. Haley Fetters, um we're gonna begin with you, Haley, if that's okay. Um and yeah. in, in the course of this program with it's it's generally about a one hour program, and we generally spend uh, about a half an hour with each one of you. And I just want to let you both know that 
while we're interviewing the other one, if if you feel like you have something to add to what the other one is saying, just feel free. We're we're all family here, and uh, you know you you can feel free to jump in anytime. So we're going to start tonight with uh, with Haley Fetters, and Haley, um, where where is uh, where's home for you? Where are you located? So I'm kind of in the middle of the country. I'm in Omaha, Nebraska, okay. but I've been here forever. <laughs> where I started. It's yeah. Now, how long have you been long arm quilting? Oh, oh my goodness! I I apologize. Let me turn these notifications off. Um. Sorry, I have been quilting for about 10 years. <laughs> Almost 10 years, which feels a little crazy from where I started. And I knew even before I started quilting that I wanted to do this forever. I knew when I was 15 that I wanted to quilt forever. When you were 15, what made you decide that you wanted to long arm forever? So I, in high school, we were able to take a sewing class and I started making clothes. I started, you know, bags, things like that. And I absolutely hated it, but I loved the class and I absolutely adored my teacher. And she had suggested, well, maybe don't give up on it yet. Start quilting. So I got my first quilt done. Absolutely loved it. Took it to the quilter. And immediately when I saw the machine, I was like, no, that's what I want to do. Gotcha. So, yeah. um, and, and so was it shortly after that, that you went ahead and got a long arm or no it would have been so I didn't get an opportunity well I guess 15 after all, so. <laughs> yeah I was 15 so then for my senior project I somehow managed to work quilting into it and I got to shadow a quilter for a day so that was my first hands-on with a machine and it actually was a gamel and then right after I graduated high school I had an opportunity to start working at a local it was a fabric and craft store and I started as a cashier, and then shortly after I started as a cashier, they actually got a long arm of their own. And I said, I want to do that, or I quit. <laughs> so they put me back in the fabric department. I learned how to quilt, and they had a gamel, and so that's what drew me to gamel. I knew, like, as soon as I can get my own machine, that was what I was going to have. And it wasn't until, well, it would have been three years ago now that I got my own machines. So I worked there for five years. Then I sort of a really like odd way of starting my own business. So I worked there for five years and then I got my real estate license and I did real estate for about two years. But while I was in real estate, I had a friend who also owned two gamels. So I would rent time on her machines on the weekend and I, that's how I started my business was I took my clients from the old shop. I said, Hey, I'm quilting on the weekends. Let me know if you need anything through my client base working on the weekends. And then finally felt stable enough to buy my own machines three years ago. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> that quilt shop that you first started that they, uh, they got, they had a gamble, right? They did. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I have only ever worked on gambles. So whenever you reach the point that you were ready to buy your own machine, you were already doing it as a business, but renting machines. Right. So, so your intention of buying a long arm was to use it as a business before you even owned one. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I always knew. I always knew that was going to be what I did. 
And what has that transformed into you now? I mean, I it's really cool. I get quilts from all over the country. I've actually had quilts from all over the world. Um, so I do a lot of marketing pretty much just exclusively on Instagram, but I still have my like home base clients who have been with me since the beginning, which is really cool. But getting to quilt for people all over the world is extremely special. That's awesome. And I, yeah, I want to talk about that some more. Uh, but uh, the machine that you have now, um, is it a is it computerized or is it hand guided or I have two computerized Statlers. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Quite impressive. <laughs> I got them and I did get them used. I got them used as retrofits, mm -hmm. but I knew I wanted the Statler because that's what I started with. Yeah. It was <clears throat> common sense to stick with what was familiar to you already. Exactly. It would have made no sense at all to me to like try to relearn new technology and so the the two machines so you started with these two machines did you get them close to the same time period i got them at the exact same time i actually it was so funny because it was back when gamel had dealers and i remember i was talking to my friend who i was renting the machines from and she started telling me about how our dealer had these three used machines coming in and before she was finished talking i was on the phone with the dealer hey cindy it's two of those are sold she's like but they're not even available yet I'm like no they're sold <laughs> like i'm gonna take them and uh, my friend was just looking at me like you're crazy you're absolutely crazy but she had two and i knew that with the the business that i had i i would be okay wow. so so yeah. since you had already worked at that previous shop you had a, a group of people that were loyal to your quilting so yes. then whenever you transitioned into your own, you you just absorbed those own customers and then your opportunities expanded from there, correct? Yes, I'm sure they wouldn't love me saying that, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, so you got these machines, what, three years ago? Three years ago, yep. Now, you're, you're, I'm, I'm thinking you're young enough that I can ask you how old you are right now. I'm 27. So at, at that, so getting these machines at about the age of 24, how, how did you, how did you have the funds to do that? How did you do that? It was, so I'm still financing them. I have two more years before they're paid off. And it took about two weeks of begging and going back and forth with my business plan. And I mean, I really didn't have, like I had the down payment and that was all the money I had to my name, honestly. And so it was two weeks of begging and begging and begging of like, no, I'll pay you back, I promise. And they finally agreed at a ridiculous interest rate, but they agreed to give me the loan. So um, you said that you were working real estate and then doing renting the machines on the weekends. So from the very second you bought your two machines, did you quit doing real estate and went to long arm quilting full time? I probably could have, but I had a two-year obligation, which did not end until either April or May of the next year. So I had to stay. But as soon as I could, I was about six weeks from my contract deadline, and I was really pretty done. And my boss was like, no, you have. Like, I cannot do this without you. You have to stay. <laughs> so. so now you're out of real estate? 
Now I'm out of real estate completely. And you're full time yeah. doing the nothing but long arm quilting. Correct. Wow. And I have since started, I also, um, one day I got really interested in learning like how the, the actual quilting patterns were made for the machine. And there was a pattern that I could just envision in my mind, but like I couldn't find it anywhere. So on a whim one day, I bought the technology and the software to be able to design my own quilting patterns. So I do that as well now. You're an overachiever, you know that. <laughs> I've been told. I do have a question for you, Haley. Do you sell your do you sell your patterns? I do. I sell them on Etsy, and then I actually have um, probably not all of them, but majority of them up on the Pattern Cloud as well. I was wondering because when I looked into doing that, they said I needed a uh, patent attorney and getting patents and all those kinds of things. So I was just wondering how that worked for you. Yeah, no, I just, um, from everything, and I learned, I was all completely self-taught because when I went asking questions, no one really knew how to answer my questions. So I just kind of figured it out. So whether I'm doing it right or not, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm doing it. And I think uh, anybody that's watching or listening to this podcast, um, you can get a lot of that type of information, you know, like where to go uh, through, I, I guess it would be through our education people. Yeah, or through our Accelerate program that we just released last week. Um, That's right. Yeah, the Accelerate program uh, is intended for people that are going to use the machine for business. And that includes, you know, uh, pattern design and all of the ways you need to go around uh, handling the the business logistics of operating a long arm business and everything it entails. Um, Say the name of that again, just so the people can write it down. That is the Accelerate program. You can find that on our website by going to gamel.com backslash accelerate. Now, back to you, Haley, since you do this full time, about how many hours uh, a week do you spend quilting for customers or or doing the pattern design related work? Um, I would say now I probably average about 30 hours a week. Um, but it used to, I mean, it used to be a lot more, but certainly now I've tried to find more of a work-life balance. So Good. maybe, maybe 30 to 40 a week. Good. And, and I like the way you said that a work-life balance. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, so do you do, uh, do you do only edge to edge? Do you do any custom? When I was really starting to like get good at custom, which was just recently, I've had back issues for a long time, but when I really started to like find my groove in custom quilting, my back just said, no, no more. So unfortunately just edge to edge, no custom. But I wish, I wish I could, because I really did love it. One thing that we get asked by um, people all the time is, how do you charge for your service? And of course, so many people, this question varies, but yeah. you, in your case, particularly Haley, um, how do you charge? Do you have a minimum? Uh, do you charge per bobbin? Just explain that for us, please. So I do have a minimum. It's $50 a quilt. 
Um, but then I do charge per square inch, which is pretty standard. So for me, I charge, um, I have two price points, either 2.2 cents per square inch or 2.5 for more heavy quilting. And I will let people, like if they have a bunch of small quilts that they want to quilt, instead of doing, you know, each one individually, if they put it on one back, then I'll charge per inch versus the $50 per little quilt. Sure. And do you uh, do you sell uh, other supplies like uh, batting, um, fabric, or anything like that? I do have batting, but um, I don't supply like wide backs or anything like that. So just the batting, and I carry three different kinds. And I guess I'll order I'll order wool if somebody really wants wool. Sure. So with your price structure, what would you say um, you charge for the average queen size quilt, edge to edge? Well, you know, I was not prepared, but I can tell you real quick. So let's call it. You get down to the nitty gritty here. Uh, about 160 for the quilting add maybe another 40 for batting. Yeah. So about 200 total if you're doing batting and the whole thing. Very good. Thank you for that. Yeah. So, so you've been, um, you've been doing this hardcore for about three years is that is that what about three years yep okay so what would you say uh, how many quilts on average are you doing per year and ha have you had a big difference between so did you start like in, in the middle of covid maybe yeah so it would have been december of 2020 so right like in the middle of covid yeah so how, how would you compare your um your quilt uh, numbers you know when you started versus now what uh, oh good question i want to say from last year to this year we're probably about a hundred quilt difference so maybe 500 this year around 400 last year but i don't know that there was like a huge jump between the previous year for those first two what i've seen Cause I, I typically like, I kind of have an amount that I can like, I'll do quilting for the week and then I'm pretty much done. So I would see the average number of quilts is it's like pretty consistent. Sure. And that obviously varies for how small, how big they are too. But what I've really noticed is um, the quilting patterns that I designed that, I mean, you look at my first year to now, and that was two years ago, huge difference huge difference well and one thing that I think people are not aware of uh, it's not at the forefront of their mind when they're buying a long arm or buying a, a computerized machine with software but it opens you up to a creative studio which is also an amazing pattern designing program yep. you can utilize the same machine that you're doing your quilting with to design patterns and and open up even another revenue stream for you and your business Yes. And that's all passive income too. So once it's out there, it's, it's out there and you can sell it and sell it and sell it. And you don't even have to work yeah. <laughs> at that point. To, mm -hmm. So that's been really nice for me to be able, especially with that work-life balance too. That's um, a huge contributor. With your, with your quilting and your shop, do you offer any other services like binding um, or piecing? I will do um, backing piecing. I'll do pattern matching of backs. I will do machine binding 
I do not do hand binding any longer. It just, it takes so much time. Sure. Um, but I do machine binding. Yep. And I charge, what is it? 35 cents per inch on that. Well, um, so in the, the few years that you've been doing this, um, if you had to come up with the, the most difficult uh, part of it, what would you say was like the hardest part of uh, getting your business going or starting this out? Um, for me, probably the financial part, because I knew I, I knew I had the business, but when you're taking out a loan that's a mortgage payment, that's scary, especially when you're 24. Um, and I've always made my payments on time, but there were definitely months where uh, food, say, was not always the priority. So I would say like that was the hardest part for me. But you just, you, you figure it out. The best, so I know this is on your list of questions and I'm going to jump to it really quick because it's something that I was told in one of my real estate meetings that really, like, I think that was the moment for me in real estate, like when it clicked that real estate was A, not what I was going to do and B, like the switch flip, like, okay, quilting, like I'm going all in, I'm doing it. My broker said to this big group of people, he looked around and he said, you got to burn your boats. We're just looking at each other like, the heck does that mean? Burn your boats. <laughs> and we all had this really confused look on our face. And he goes, God burn your boats. If you always have a plan B, your plan A will always fail. So you just got to burn all your backup plans. There is no backup plan. You just go with plan A. And that's it, because if you give everything you have to your plan A, you cannot fail. And something about that really hit me. And so he said, okay, like, that's it. I'm doing it. And I never, I never looked back. It was the best piece of advice I've ever gotten. Was that a real, the real estate guy that was telling you that? Yep. Yeah. I don't think he was talking about the same boat you were thinking about. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's okay. I don't think I made him that much money anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now, Haley, who was your biggest cheerleader, you know, your main support system in starting this journey? Honestly, this is going to sound a little conceited, but I, and I think because I was so young, nobody really thought I would go on to do it. And my parents were, they were never the pushy college type, but they never really thought that this would be a career for me. And my boyfriend always kind of thought I was crazy. And everyone's like, oh, well, thing. Okay. So I would say my biggest cheerleader was me. <laughs> I just always had this, I don't know, bullheadedness of like, I don't care what everyone else is doing. I'm going to do it. And I just knew in my heart that this is what I needed to do and I was going to make it work. So. I had a lot of people telling me, oh, this is a terrible idea. And I just kind of didn't listen. Yeah. And I'll tell you that, and that's a meaningful uh, and and poignant thing to say. You know, we, we always ask people that and they, you know, they always come up with somebody who is uh, encouraging in their life. But, but what you're talking about, I think is a key thing for probably everyone watching this or listening to this uh, podcast that you need to be a cheerleader for yourself 
if you don't believe in yourself or you let other people get inside your head, I mean, that is going to be your biggest detriment, I think. Well, and, and Haley, given being that you're someone that believed in yourself and you made it happen, how does it feel now? What kind of impact has it brought to your life, the, the flexibility in your schedule, the money that doing this for a full-time job has provided for you? What impact has that had on you, uh, knowing that what you believed in yourself to do was a massive success? Knowing that I believed in myself so strongly, I think for me, it means just that I can do anything. I set my mind, to, and that just sounds like the cheesiest thing in the world, but <laughs> it, it is. It, it's so true. If you prove to yourself and then to everybody else that you can do something that they told you maybe you couldn't do or that you wouldn't do, it's the biggest motivator. And then I can honestly say I will never go back to working for anybody else ever again. Wow. Well, Haley, um, the, a lot of the people listening to you right now, um, they may not have the confidence that you have. And I know, I know for a fact, a lot of the people listening to this right now are just kind of maybe wringing their hands, you know, uh, wondering if this is, uh, something that they need to take a leap and do or or what is their next step if they're already into it what uh, kind of advice would you have for somebody who is either thinking about going into business with a gamble or is already in it uh, just off the top of your head what's the, what, what would you tell them I would say to like everyone especially the people who who haven't taken the leap yet I spent years and years and years doing like research and research and research, do your research, but then you'll get to a point where you have all of the information that you could ever want or need. And there's going to be a moment. And for me, it was the burn your boats moment, but like something's just going to click. There's going to be a little voice. Listen to the voice. Like there, and there are going to be so many other people and voices saying, don't do it, don't do it. But if the voice in your head is saying, like, this is the moment, listen to that voice. Trust your gut. Again, cheesy. But, like, if I, there were so many moments when, you know, everyone was telling me, this is a terrible idea. And my gut was telling me, no, this is the moment. And I, I listened to my gut. And I'm where I am today because of it. And my husband, it drives him crazy because he just, he doesn't get it. <laughs> and there are, I, I don't know. He's like, I just, I don't understand. It seems crazy. And so we have fights about this sometimes. Like, no, <laughs> your gut, like, this is what we're supposed to do. Just trust me. It is a hard thing for people outside of our industry to understand how real the quilting world is and the power and the money behind it. Yeah. Now, Haley, thank you so much for answering our questions. You've been great. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your inspiration. Please feel free if uh, while we're talking to Sherilyn, um, if there are any other comments um, or things that you think about after what we have discussed to this point, I I welcome you to, to speak up. Uh, ask Sher Sherilyn uh, may want you to ask her a question in the same regard that you asked her one. You you may 
uh, inspire a stroke of genius in her. And and before we move on from you, we did have one person that's uh, listening. Uh, Douglas was asking, what uh, software does Haley use to manage handling uh, 500 quilts per year? Uh, actually, just Excel. I I love my spreadsheets. They probably have about six I use consistently. Um, so nothing fancy, just my Excel spreadsheets and they're all like rainbow color coded and you have to find a system that works for you, um, whether it be QuickBooks or PayPal or, but for me, it's Excel spreadsheets. Very good, thank you. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Thank you very much. You hang with us and uh, <laughs> and you feel free to, to jump in uh, while, we're, while we're talking to Cheryl. And, and now we're going to move over to Cheryl. And Cheryl, and thank you for uh, your patience and being with us. And we are so glad to have you with us. Cheryl is thank a you. Uh, fellow Missourian. Um, can you uh, tell us exactly where, where home is for you, Cheryl? I live in Jefferson City, but I'm glad to hear that Haley was from Nebraska because I'm a Nebraska girl. <laughs> Went to the University of Nebraska at Lincoln College and I Go love Omaha. So. <laughs> But I've lived in Jefferson uh, City for about 20, uh, 27 years now. Very good. Now, Sherilyn, you said earlier that you got your first gamble in uh, 2015 uh, and that last year you added the Ascenda upgrade to your Statler. Um, so what made you decide to long arm in 2015 or, or you said you had been quilting prior to that. So what made you to decide to start long arm quilting in general? Well, I've always been a piecer and I have a really good friend who is a long armor. She had a gamel and I just admired her work and I wanted to do what she was doing, but I was teaching. And so when I retired from teaching, I, in about, uh, I guess I retired early 2012 or 2013 of that year and my husband gave me a workshop at a local quilt shop you could go and learn how to run their long arm they had a tin lizzie and I worked on the tin lizzie for a couple of years until I just um and I did some work with my friend on her gamble she decided to retire from her business and she really encouraged me to start my own business and when I was researching the machines there was no doubt in my mind that Gamma was what I wanted to get because it seemed like it was the top of the line. It seemed like it had the best um, support system. Um, I loved their computer program. And so there were one defining moment for me was when my mentor said, invest in yourself. And so I just decided to go ahead on that was my hot moment, I guess. And I decided to buy my own machine and uh, it's in my basement, and I just have the one machine in my studio, so I do my work. Now, before we go, I was curious. Um, what what did you uh, what did you teach before you uh, got into this? I taught business and computers. Wow! At a local high school. <laughs> wow. So, and when you got your first gamble, um, was it specifically to go into business or was it just for, was, was there a personal pleasure in it also, or what about that? I, I did want to quilt my own quilts. Um, 
because as we all know, experiences with different quilters is interesting, but it was to make money too. Um, I wanted to um, start my own, you know, start my long arm business and my mentor recommended me to some of her clients. And um, so I started really slowly with some family and friends who needed quilts quilts done and and it kind of blossomed from there you said that you had a mentor <laughs> that um, had a, a gamble already um were they busy enough with their machine that you had justified already there was enough business locally to support yourself oh absolutely um she had a hand guided and um I knew that I wanted to get the computerized because I'm a little bit older than 27 and I knew that um, I wanted to kind of save my back a little bit and um, use that part to make it just easier for me and um, she really helped me a lot with um, how to run my business so to speak um, not really the not really the quilting part but giving me advice on how to handle clients and how to deal with all kinds of problems you have with the business. So when you uh, when you first started, um, how did you start like building a customer base? I mean, did you like start out with some people already? Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I started out um, like I said before, quilting. Um, some quilts for my mentor, quilting for my family. My mom and my mother-in-law are piecers, and so I quilted for them. I belong to our local guild and um, got a few recommendations from my mentor, got some of my work out there that people saw they started to like, and I just started growing from word of mouth. I've never really advertised. I do have a Facebook um page but i have business cards that i put out at local um shops so that most of the local shops just do edge to edge and so i do custom as well um it's nice that they can recommend me and see my work and they like it so they give out my business cards so you you, you would say you you're you've pretty much been exclusively word of mouth yes that's that's all I've and ever that, had. Somebody recommends me or see something I've done, and so give them my name. And I've heard that from from a lot of different quilters. That, that's something we didn't touch on much with Haley. Um, Haley, what about you? Uh, do do you do advertising or? I do. So I started um, when I was at the local quilt shop. Pretty much was all word of mouth, and then. Still lots of word of mouth since I left, but I do I do a little bit of TikTok, a lot of Instagram, and I will go to local shows and sometimes I'll go outside of Nebraska and do shows to advertise as well. Well, Haley, um, go ahead and feel free to tell uh, the audience and the people listening your um, Instagram handle and places they can find your work and support you. Thank you. Uh, so my business is Mistletoe quilting co and just comes from my love of christmas all of my social media facebook tiktok instagram is under mistletoe quilting co very good thank mistletoe you quilting co. sherilyn same with you where can people find your facebook page 
Um, my the name of my business is Ladybug Quilting, okay. and um, there's one in Texas, I think, also, but I'm the one in Missouri. You're the um, Missouri Ladybug Quilting. That's right. You got the monopoly on that I, name in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> when I choose my name, the best advice I got was to from my mentor. She said, "Don't choose something like grouse quilting or something that was kind of stodgy." She said, "Choose something that's catchy, that you know people are going to remember, um, like mistletoe quilting. That's really a cute name." And um, there's a lot of quilting bees out there, or, you know, and I've always loved ladybugs, so I, I kind of went with that, and it's interesting, people ask me, if, how'd you pick your name, and I said, I picked something fun that I liked. That's all it takes, and we know. <laughs> and we want what we do want to move on to another question, but I did want to um, uh, tell the people that are listening right now, uh, you can... Uh, if you're tuned in on your computer, you can uh, click on there on that uh, little chat uh, window and you can ask uh, live questions as we're doing this. I, just, I, didn't, I kind of failed to mention that at the beginning. But uh, now moving on, uh, we talked a little bit about your, uh, how do you find customers uh, to grow your, your business? Um, how did you uh, fund your first, uh, when you first bought a Gamel? Well, I tried to get a loan. I talked to uh, people in uh, um, in Springfield. Um, Marilee Week Quilt Along was the uh, dealer at that time. And she recommended a couple of banks. And I talked to them. And I don't think the bankers had any clue what kind of a business I could provide. What and um, pardon me? They, they said, oh, what machine? Yeah, exactly. And um, it's kind of like my husband, he he supported me 100%. He knew I could do it, but he said, I just don't know if there's enough business to support, enough quilters out there to support a business, um, which he quickly found was not true. Um, there are a lot of, lot of people out there looking for good quilters. Um, so I actually just took money out that I had saved for investments and retirements and I pay cash. Very good. Now, since you were already retired um, before you got your machine, and then you paid for your machine cash, whenever you got your first Statler and you were uh, began quilting for your family, your friends, and the few people that came along, how many hours a week are you quilting at this point on your machine? Now I would say I'm quilting at least 40 hours a week. Um, I have beautiful grandchildren, of course, and they're very active in sports. And that's important to me to go to their activities, to go to family things. I'm very active in a lot of different things. So I quilt um, in between those times. I would say on an average, I quilt seven or eight hours a day, but I do that seven days a week. Monday. My husband also works from home. So we just are down here together and he's working on his thing and I, I'm quilting. I've also taught him how to help me load the quilts, which is really great because some of these big quilts that you get in are really hard to manhandle by yourself. Absolutely. So he, yeah, he, he kind of helps me 
load and he's he's learned what a fat quarter is so that's really impressive <laughs> but um i do i do spend a lot of when i'm home i spend a lot of time um on my machine if i'm if i get up o'clock and come down and climb again that's really really nice <laughs> and so you're you find you're able to um uh kind of break up you know if you, if you have something you want to do uh grandchildren or whatnot you can uh you can spend your quilting time at the time of day that you want to absolutely haley's absolutely right it's the balance of work and um and life i uh wanted to do this in my home because i didn't want to have to be committed to you know my job or uh, going into the quilting machine um shop at a certain time so um i a lot of times will quilt and my average shutdown time at night is nine o'clock at night so i'll come home instead of watching tv uh, i do have a big tv in here we'll watch you know things on tv but um I'll be quilting and um, my, if I feel like taking a nap in the afternoon, <laughs> go ahead and, you know, I have found, especially with custom, that when I get, you know, when I get mentally tired or physically tired, I have to stop. Um, and that's just, you know, makes sense. And then when, I, when I'm refreshed, I can come back down at any time and quilt when I want to. Now, one question that we didn't, ask Haley that's a group would be a great question for both of you um given you both quilt about 30 to 40 hours a week um, what is your average turnaround time um on a quilt and how long at any given time can your workload be backed out oh I can go um, I try to stay a month or less, especially having the two machines. Um, I'd say six weeks is really the longest I try to be sure. backed out, except during Christmas time. I mean, Christmas time is <laughs> obviously hard. So I usually I'll start giving warnings in like September. Hey, you know, if you're gonna have something for Christmas, let me know. And then my cutoff, I have a pretty late cutoff because I'll work as long as I have to in November, December to get Christmas quilts done. So my cutoff is November 19th for guaranteed delivery for Christmas. Very good. Now, Sherilyn, what does that look like for you? Um, mine is different because I do custom, um, at, which takes two to three times longer depending on the tightness. Uh, if somebody wants a quilt that's heritage quilted, um, what I call a heritage, which is very tightly quilted, that's gonna take you know, three times longer than an edge to edge. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. I I give a general four to six weeks. That's my general uh, turnaround time, depending on, um, and I will talk to someone if they want it faster um, or if they have a deadline when they call me, I have a wait list that I put their name on. Um, so I know I have two quilts that I have to get done by the end of November. And um, that way I can manage my time and my quilts. Now my cutoff time for Christmas is a little bit sooner. Um, it's usually the first week of November, just because I do the custom and I have to really manage manage the time on the machine that I have. Um, and I, I would say that 
the reason my uh, turnaround time is because of the custom. Sure. Usually, um, you know, I have sometimes I have a person on a wait list and I'll say, okay, I need it by the 1st of October. They'll bring it to me that day and I'll do it that day because their name has been on the list. Um, I do have rush orders that I do sometimes, um, but I usually charge extra for that. If someone calls and says, hey, I, I need this quilt in a week and I don't feel it's fair to people who have been waiting, you know, so I, I, do, I do charge uh, an extra fee for that. But I would say because of that, I'm four to six weeks. Without and you. it has longer. When I had my hip surgery <laughs> a couple of years ago, took me a lot longer to get my quilts done, but I tell my customers that ahead of time. And I think communication is the big thing there. And, and do you do primarily a uh, custom or do you do both edge to edge? I do both. I is have what is your really, really, pardon me? What would you say your ratio is? Well, I would say right now I, um, it's about, 60% custom and 40% edge to edge. I have some customers that have been with me a long time and they only want edge to edge. Mm -hmm. That's all they want. Um, and then I have some really good customers who all they want is custom. It's harder and harder to find people who will do custom quilting. So if someone's interested in doing custom quilting, I would really encourage them because that is a market that is kind of opening up people are finding that um, there are a lot of quilters out there but because of the time I mean you can get a lot more quilts done edge to edge than you can and getting custom so because of the time it takes to do custom people are not quilting in that area now when you do custom <laughs> do you do it primarily like hand-guided free motion or do you use your computer to do majority I yeah, that's a good question. I do both. Um, it just depends on the design um, of the quilt. Um, I don't know if you can see this one behind me, but all of this is free motion. But then these little things here are a design I, I plugged into the, that area. So um, I like to do both depending on what the quilt depicts. So, and I create a lot of my own designs. Um, I just don't sell them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would encourage you to do that. Yeah. You want to ask that chat question? I may have to talk to you personally, Haley, find out how you do it on Etsy. <laughs> Not only are we connecting uh, uh, viewers and, and listeners with you guys, uh, I guess we might be connecting the two of you together. <laughs> so. There we go. She's a Nebraska girl. There we go. I also wanted to ask you, uh, we, had, we had a a listener question about the do, do you use a software to manage your business and what 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 is that for you excel i uh, you know i taught a business and i taught excel and i'm very very familiar with that although we do have quickbooks some of those other things um i i don't take credit cards i only cash or check and um i have excel spreadsheets that i'm use every day um, to manage my business and I have batting that I sell. I used to have wool batting and then the price of wool got to be very, very high. So I will quilt on that, but the I don't have that in stock at hand. I only have the one 
type of bedding, 80-20, and I buy it by the roll, so I have plenty to sell to my customers. Very good. Now, how have you structured your rates for your business? Um, I know you mentioned earlier that you do about 60% edge-to-edge and 40% custom. We know that those prices greatly differ, so explain that a bit for the customers. Yeah, actually, it's the other way around, about 60% custom. I'm sorry if I misspoke. Sure, yeah. But um, I think as Haley can attest, she has two different prices for edge-to-edge. Um, it depends on the density of the quilting and of the pattern. If there's a lot of, you know, a lot of stitching, it takes a lot of thread. Um, the square inch price goes up. With custom, it depends on if I have to design my own pattern. I have three levels. I have a, a base custom, and then a more uh, a second level, and then I have a heritage or what I call an heirloom level. I have one lady who wants every square inch quilted to the last breath in its body. And, you know, that that just takes a lot more time to do, which I love to do. Um, I love that creative outlet, but it's based on the amount of quilting per square inch. But it's uh, twice or you know, almost three times as much to custom. And I tell people up front that, you know, it's beautiful work, but it takes a lot more time. And what would you say is an average uh, price for a, a custom quilt versus an edge to edge for you? Average. Well, uh, yeah, an average price uh, of custom quilt queen is gonna be 280 to $300. Um, depending on, you know, the density of it. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. almost double what an edge to edge would be, which is about, which is about right. Um, three and a half to four cents a square inch is where we start at custom and different areas um, charge different things. It's kind of the market price. Um, I talked to a lady in New York and they charged 10 cents for custom, 10 cents a square inch for custom. And she said, why would you charge less? And I said, well, I would love to get 10 cents a square inch, but <laughs> no one around here would pay that. And so, then, you know, you have to understand your market in a local area. And I did a lot of research. I talked to, you know, local quilters and say, what do you charge? And then I have to find my own balance. Yeah, the cost of living in Missouri is a lot different than what it is in New York. That is very true. <laughs> so um, given that you have a, a healthy mix of both types of quilting that can be quick and that can be long, um, about how many quilts do you complete on average in a year? Well, um, I, I looked that up because it was on the questionnaire. My best year, I did 145 quilts a year in a year which is a, a combination of the custom and um, edge to edge. Sure. And um, when I first started, of course, I didn't do near that many because I didn't have near as many um, clients. And I think COVID, although I wasn't down much, um, I, a lot of people stayed home and <laughs> pieced their quilts. Um, I had a little bit less, but it's coming back up again. So, 
that is that is enlightening and and a good thing for everyone <laughs> yes i don't think people understand that there is a market for quilters out there it's quiet you don't hear about it um you know go to your local guilds go to your quilt societies or organizations and there are a lot of people looking for for good quilters um, there are quilters out there who maybe don't quilt the way you want them to. We have a lady in town who quilts very quickly, but she quilts very densely with a large stitch. And that's okay for people who like that kind of thing. My advice is just find someone who quilts the way that you like and and stay with them or, you know, yeah, get a good relationship with your quilter and and tell them what you want. And the more you go back to quilter, the more they'll be able to understand your likes and your needs. Yeah, and you've mentioned, I think you mentioned like five times during this interview, uh, quilters. Uh, one of your first statements was how different quilters can be interesting. And I sense the quotation marks around that word interesting, <laughs> you know. So, and, and a lot of the people that are listening to this or, or watching this right now, um you know are are going to be quilters um what what would you have to say about uh you know just about that part of it you know about what kind of quilter a person should be or you got any words of wisdom about that i would tell someone who's going into business for themselves be yourself you know quilt what you feel comfortable doing, what what you like. There is a certain amount of seeing what your customer wants and quilting that. Um, but you know, just be what be yourself. Uh, believe in what you can do. There are certain things that I don't like to quilt, um, like patterns that I don't think go with what's on the quilt, but I will do it anyway. Um, and look at what you think is beautiful. Look at different quilts. If you think the stitches is too, the stitching is too uh, open, then quilt a little bit closer together. Look at the length of the stitch per inch. Look at the quilt color of the color of the and the color of the red, and just do what you think appeals to you and your client. That is that you can't is someone else. well, we know that that maintaining your individuality, playing to your strengths is the most important yes. thing because we're all different. And there are there are people that you know just want to do edge to edge. Some people just want to do custom or semi-custom. And without all of you, um, one person would be busy. And the other person would not be busy enough and there would be a, right. an imbalance. And, and one message I'm hearing kind of beneath the surface uh, is that it sounds like maybe you can actually combine what you enjoy with actually building your business. I was going to add to that. I think that you quilt what you like, but so what you put out there, you attract. So I, when I started my own business, I have my clients that are you know, have been clients forever, but they're very set in their ways. They like what they like and that's okay. And it's not my style. So when I started my own business, I really got to put out there what I thought was beautiful and what I really liked, which was more dense quilting, really wild thread colors, 
more modern, obviously, and I started to attract those clients. So I get to quilt those quilts a lot more now. And and well said. That allows you to kind of uh, maintain your specialty, and that's also making your customers happy because they're getting their quilt done by someone who uh, has the same style and preferences that they do, yeah. which is important. And, and it's the same the same way with Sherilyn's customers. Now, here we have. Let uh, me qualify. <laughs> we Let have. Me call, qualify what I mean by interesting. <laughs> some some quilters um, do the same thing over and over and over without actually um, looking at what would be best on the quilt. And I think that is an area that people can broaden you know, their views a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't mean that it's necessarily bad. There is not one right or wrong way to quilt a quilt. It's just what would be maybe better than another. Sure. We, we've received two questions here from viewers. The first question is, on average, what size quilt do you quilt the most? Sherilyn, you start with an answer for that. I would say the trend is going to smaller quilts. I see less and less king size, um, less and less huge queens, mm -hmm. um, uh, throws, a little bigger than throw. Um, I do see a lot of wall hangings, but I would say anywhere between 60 to 85 inches wide by, you know, 72. The trend is, from what I am seeing, People don't like to make those huge quilts anymore. No, nope, so I'm, I'm just going to say large throws to like maybe twin size is what I probably see the most. Very interesting. That's not necessarily what I would have guessed. Um, I, I hear people talk about queen size frequently. So do you have, um, do you think that people are, moving to smaller quilts like that because uh, people just don't want to take the time uh, to piece those larger and larger quilts anymore? Uh, are, we, are we growing impatient in that regard? <laughs> well, I don't know if it's impatient, but cost is a huge factor. Sure. Um, you know, to make a, a bigger quilt, it's expensive to get the fabric and the time you put into it and then getting it quilted with the back and the batting. So I think people like the fact that they can make a smaller quilt and use it and they don't have so much invested. I also think storage is another thing. If you have five king size quilts, it it's, takes up a lot of room if you don't have that many beds. Mm -hmm. um, I think people mm -hmm. also do like to have, get their project done so they like to have a smaller project so they can go on to the next one. So I, I think it's a combination. I go ahead, you're fine. Um, that with all the amazing fabrics that are just constantly coming out, at least for me, I'm always, like, I always have FOMO. <laughs> like, I want to sew with all of these fabrics, but I don't want to have 35 projects done. So I'll make something smaller so that I can sew with more fabrics. Well, those are all very valid points and interesting perspectives in regards to that. We, we've we gotten two more questions for you guys from listeners. Um, You're the, piquing a lot of interest. <laughs> yeah, this 
This next one asked, do either of you add a thread charge to your quilting? I do not, no. I, yeah, I have not in the past. I know that people charge um, like a dollar a bobbin that they use. I, I haven't yet, I don't know about Haley, but the price of thread has almost doubled since I started quilting. And I have adjusted my price um, kind of accordingly since I started 10 years ago. But with COVID, the prices of things have just skyrocketed, as everybody knows. I haven't started charging for thread yet because it reflects in the quilt if it's being quilted tightly or quilted loosely. So I do not. So you 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 both prefer more of an all-inclusive pricing uh, and, and adjusting it opposed to adding on the extra charges. Absolutely, yeah. And lastly, it says, can Haley and Sherilyn go into more detail on how they utilize their Excel spreadsheets uh, and what they track and cover uh, with their quilting business? Oh, geez. Oh, yes. <laughs> How much time do we have? Let's make it a quick answer. <laughs> <laughs> I track, gosh, I track everything. I track, you know, like names, size of quilt, cost of quilting, what I make monthly, how it compares to like years previously, um, how many quilts I'm doing a year, how many new clients I'm getting every month, uh, taxes, money coming in, money going out. Anything that I can track in a spreadsheet, I probably have a spreadsheet for. Yours is a bit OCD, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, mine is similar tax purposes. I mean, you have to, in Missouri, you have to track sales, uh, keep track of sales tax on anything you sell. And so batting, I have to keep track of that. I keep track of the number of times a client comes back to me. So I have a column that is a repeat um, of clients as well as the date they come in and the date they leave. So I'm tracking my turnaround time. I track if it was custom or edge to edge and customer's name. I also have one that has asses of my clients. So if I need to get a hold of them for some reason, I have a, a spreadsheet on when the when the quilt comes in. I was brief description of the quilt and who it belongs to in case I die my husband can get the quilt back to the person it belongs to <laughs> um so there are you anything you can think of you can keep a record of and in excel and excel is very inexpensive to um have and you can just keep running totals and individual totals well, um, hope that answers the question. Yeah, that that's very good detail, and we appreciate. It sounds like you can basically do as much or as little uh, as you want with that. Um, our yes. time is getting we're a little bit over time, which is okay. Uh, but I wanted to I wanted to ask you, Sherilyn, uh, uh, one question: Who would you say was your biggest uh, cheerleader in in doing your business? Well, um, my mentor, um, Eva Studley here in town, she's a fabulous quilter. Um, she's the one who recognized my potential and really encouraged me to do it. Uh, of course, my mom was my cheerleader a lot. My husband believed in me, but he, like I said, he didn't realize 
the quantity of books that were out there. And um, I guess, like Haley, I was stubborn. This is something I wanted to do. So I decided that I was going to go ahead and do it and and prove everybody wrong. <laughs> That so, I could be successful. Have you found that you? So it sounds like your husband kind of started out with you know I don't know about that quilt stuff, but um, but it, as time has gone on, it sounds like he is. Do you find that he's falling in line a little bit more? Yes, he really supported me. He's seen my piecing on my quilts and things that I have made, and uh, so he did that part about it. He was unsure of how. I could support a business because you see, you only make what, like maybe one quilt a year or two quilts, you know, in a couple of years. And I told them I said, that may be true for me, but you get a whole bunch of customers. You get uh, a customer base that come regularly to you. And like Haley, she probably gets mail things mailed to her from all over the world. I'm assuming Haley, since you said you had out of the country um business so you just get a revolving client base and he he figured that out now he has no doubt now <laughs> and now he's loading quilts for you <laughs> that's right i have him busy all the time so you touched on that. i've even threatened to get a second machine to keep to teach him how to do it well he you're I recommend probably going to be in trouble then it's just a matter of time <laughs> No, especially with your custom clothing, I I strongly consider it. Now, Haley, we, we got a question here. Um, a customer asked, do you charge for shipping the quilts back to the customers? They pay for shipping, I'm assuming. So I do. And that's part of the reason I don't like to have a lot of like hidden or additional costs is because I never know what it's going to cost to ship back. Um, so they obviously have to pay for the shipping to send it to me, but then they also have to pay return shipping, which we just don't know what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. uh, but I always tell people, I mean, even if you're sending three or four quilts, I've never had shipping over $30 for return shipping. So very good. Now, Sherilyn, you touched on this earlier uh, in regards to how the flexibility of quilting for business was really impactful for you to be able to participate in your grandchildren's lives and their busy mm -hmm. sports schedules and such quilt you know quilting for business as a whole um, how has that impacted you um, and of course would you recommend it to everyone else that uh, that has the same dream I would highly recommend if you have a desire at all to get into quilting, it is something that you should pursue for yourself. If you have the creativity, or even if, if you are not sure, you should do it. Um, I love quilting at home because I do have the flexibility of when I want to be able to control my time. Um, it is a large investment. You know, um, there's no doubt that... Um, you look at that chunk of change that you have to outlay for a machine and it's scary, but I paid myself back more than um, what I invested, I would say in the first two and a half to three years. So, um, you know, I, of course, haven't all put it back in my investment. We've gone on trips. We've been, I've been able to provide extra things for my family, 
um, my kids, my grandkids, my husband. Um, it is scary. And you wonder if you can do it. You wonder if people will like what you do. Um, but you just have to find your niche and find someone who can encourage you. Talk to another quilter. Call Haley. Call me. <laughs> um, you know, call people at Gamel. Um, I never thought twice about it, and I just jumped in with feet, and I've never been sorry. And I also have been thankful that the bank turned me down <laughs> for my loan. <laughs> you didn't pay one bit of interest, did you? No, I didn't. At first, well, it was discouraging, but um, I knew it was out there. Well, um, we're, we, we are about to run out of time. I wanted to, uh, Haley, I didn't know if you had anything else that you wanted to add uh, since there's a lot of people that are thinking about looking at or actually actively participating in business. Uh, is there anything that you, uh, that you still want to add before we end the uh, program? Um, one more thing, biggest piece of advice I can give, and I know that you can do it, but it will, it'll suck the fun. It'll suck the joy. And honestly, it'll leave you super, super stressed and it, it just wasn't worth it to me. So when I started my LLC, I hired an attorney to do it. It was like $900. I would say it was the best $900 that I ever spent in my life. And then I have a really amazing accountant. I will never do my taxes. I will never, like, I never want to do my taxes. I don't want to know anything about it. Just tell me what I owe people and I will pay it. <laughs> like, so I get an accountant and find somebody to help you do an LLC that's or however you decide to start your business of course well I have a sole proprietorship so um I I'm not incorporated I do have insurance on quilts that are in my home waiting to be quilted but I do have a very good accountant as well <laughs> yes. that's a great tip insurance too for, you don't think about the how much you have in quilts there if something happens, um, your house burns down, God forbid. But I, at one point, had what I would consider probably thirty to forty thousand dollars worth of quilts in my possession, and I don't want to have to pay thirty to forty thousand dollars out of my own pocket. So insurance is key. You bet. Well. Thank you both so much for the information you've shared. One thing I just wanted to touch on one last time was last Tuesday uh, in this webinar is whenever we introduced the Accelerate program that we've been offering for the last week and a half. It is an extensive uh, online training course that is for anybody, no matter the machine that they own, um, to help you become successful and give you the the road work uh, to become a successful long arm quilter as quick as you can with the resources that that we've put together in this course. If you're interested in any more information on that, you can find it at gamel.com forward slash accelerate, or you can call us or email us anytime. We'd be happy to share that with you. Awesome. Yes, all kinds of uh uh resources uh that we have there well listen we we uh i almost hate to go we, we've really been enjoying talking to you you girls and thank you thank so you much for having for me yeah. uh, once again we got uh we got sherilyn grubbs uh ladybug quilting is that right yes that's correct and uh and Haley fetters 
Mistletoe Quilting Co. Yep. Right? Okay. So yeah, feel free to uh, look look them up. And uh, that's going to do it uh, for this episode. And we we just appreciate everyone who has joined us. And once again, uh, I want to say thank you, uh, Cheryl and Haley, both of you. Uh, you have I know that you've inspired a lot of people out there. And uh, I hope so. So we're going to sign off for now. And uh, any if anybody has a question about anything that you've heard uh, today, you can you can uh, give us get get a hold of us here at uh, Gamel either on gamble.com or give us a call. But uh, we just we just thank you so much and we look forward to talking to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today on Quilting Business Success. We hope you've been inspired by these stories of quilters just like you who have turned their dreams into reality. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. One of the best things you can do to support us is to write a glowing review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you're using to listen to the show. Those reviews help bring us up in the algorithm so that more quilters are exposed to our show. What would you like to change in your life, and what steps can you take today to bring you closer to the life that you want?